0: Good afternoon and welcome to KLE. And this is your host, Sean Smith. And we are with my friend Paul Cooney again. And we are talking about the Nehemiah people, Nehemiah leadership. And um, it's been really insightful. Thank you, Paul, for being with us again. It's a privilege, always a privilege. Thank you so much. And it's really, Paul, it's been so insightful the past couple of weeks. Uh, really, really enjoyed um, uh, listening and being part of, of this discussion. I mean, I knew 10 years ago you were on talking about this and you were busy uh, with this, but, you know, we never really got into a lot of depth. Um, and so hearing some of the insights coming out now has really been uh, encouraging and, and inspirational to me
1: well you you've you've made the same kind of a, a, a same kind of journey um that i have and and many have and uh and we're all at different stages some of us are in the fulfillment of it you know some of us are rebuilding the walls some <laughs> of us are are uh, still in jerusalem trying to figure out what we're going to do or still in the capital city of susa trying yeah. to figure out if we should go to jerusalem some of us are on the journey in jerusalem but uh this is what i I, I mean there's i've had the you and i've talked about this but i've had the privilege as you have of uh traveling around uh the world and and ministering in europe and africa and and uh, there there's just a tremendous a tremendous hunger for change um that that is taking place inside you know people are hungering for a seven day a week god not a one day a week god yeah not a sunday god they want the presence of god monday through saturday not just on sunday we don't want to just go to church on a sunday to experience the presence of god and and to learn about the ways of god we want to take we want to meet him Monday morning, when we get out of bed and when we go to work, we want to take the presence of God with us. I've never seen uh, that kind of hunger like like it is in the world today.
0: Wow, well, that's that's encouraging. I mean, that's really encouraging. So something is being stirred up in a new generation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's it's uh, at, at, and it's and it's in an older generation as well because, you know, I I, I use this phrase, uh, holy discontent, yes. and and God God is the one that puts this discontent on the inside of us, and and it always seems to precede um, a a. A change of direction or a promotion or a, a, an area where God gives us greater influence. And and the, the the holy discontent, if I was to define that, the holy discontent is uh you you know there is something more, you're you're in a routine, the routine does not satisfy like it used to. Uh, You know that there's got to be more, but you don't know what that is. And you're pressing into God saying, what is it? What is it? What is it? And, and sometimes I've, I've discovered God is not always, he doesn't talk a lot. (laughs) You know, he, he never gives us enough of the information that we would like to have. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's why. We, we call that a, a that's why it's a walk of faith. I yeah, guess. It
0: absolutely is, absolutely is, and thank God we can. You know, it's like yeah. if there's if there's one thing that I've learned over the over the past uh, nearly forty years, forty years of of walking um, with the Lord is you know is to walk it by faith. Um, yeah. uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, Michelle and I, we just a lot of things we didn't wasn't handed to us on a plate, you know, and we had yeah. to, every inch we had to believe. We had to believe God for something mm-hmm. just fell off the wall. <laughs> um, yeah, we had to believe God for, for every, every inch that we have. But I'm grateful for it because, uh, you know, I know it's come from the source of, of life. And that's our father, you know, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm grateful for that privilege.
1: Yeah, if if you if you you have that holy disc if that holy discontent is stirring on the inside of us. And we we're I know your podcast is about kingdom leadership. And kingdom if kingdom leaders everyone I believe everyone experiences at some point in their life and and for a lot of us, it's many times in your, in our life. There there is this uh, holy discontent that God that God stirs up inside of us. Yes. And and we're we're restless for more. We're 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 discontented, but we we're in a place where things have they've always been fulfilling, and now those things are not fulfilling anymore. And And the kingdom leader is the one who doesn't say, well, this is just how it's going to be for me. I will just stay in this comfort zone and I'll just keep walking it out. The kingdom leader doesn't say that. The the, the kingdom leader presses in to God and says, God, you know, something is going on. Show me where to go. Tell me what to do. Show me how to do it. Change me and make me everything that you want me to be. That's what, that's what kingdom leadership is about. It's pressing into God for more. And right. the more you press into God and the, the, the greater responsibilities God gives you, the fewer people in your life you're going to find the, the journey there'll be fewer and fewer people who will want to make that journey with you. Yes. But man, when, when, you find, when you find those men and women of God who are pressing in just as hard as you are, who are seeking the face of God just as hard as you are, when you find them Those are the world changers. Yes, exactly. And that's the generation. That is exactly what I see taking place all over the world. I see God, you know, everyone has heard this phrase, marketplace ministry. But that is a church phrase. And I I love the local church. I am an advocate, a strong advocate of the local church. Mm. So I don't have a chip on my shoulder here. But but that is a that is a church phrase. It is more appropriately termed a move of God outside the walls of the church house. And it's that holy discontent is settling on people all over the place. Yes. And and there's going to be an explosion. And I I refer to the coming generation as the Joel Two generation yes and i'm not I'm not going to tell your listeners what Joel too says they'll have to look it up, but it's about them <laughs>
0: yeah that's good <laughs> it's good yeah so i mean that that's we, we've sort of built up you know to this now over the past three weeks this being the fourth episode, and we looked at um basically from from Nehemiah's perspective is um just that assignment that gets laid at his door the the responsibility for the res- assignment and then um, the the um, uh, what was the other point <laughs> was, was just that that sense of God bringing it all together and so you know moving with that assignment uh, yeah. so. Would you say that that Nehemiah was experiencing that nearly that discontent? um As he, I mean, you know, it's evident that he he was like unhappy when he heard the news, and God obviously stirred his heart for that. So was that a, a discontent that he was experiencing for that for that?
1: Well, you know, that's a tough question to answer since he uh, lived twenty five hundred years ago, but. <laughs> i i think, from your point of view <laughs> yes from from my point of view um here is a guy here is a guy who is doing a a very responsible but a very menial job uh, when food was prepared for the king he was back in the kitchen watching them prepare the food so that nobody put poison in the king's food. Uh, he saw the preparation of the wine. He sipped the wine. Uh, and, and the other job that he had was he would announce the, the role of a cupbearer was to, or a wine taster, was to announce the king on formal occasions. So, so he had a lot of this. But the thing is, we're talking about one of the world's greatest leaders.
0: Please. And why would you say that?
1: Well, because you can go to CEOs and high-level leaders from, and I, and I've done this since I since I wrote the book Nehemiah People. Yes. And everyone they may not know about the the uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, but they know about Nehemiah. Yes. And they, you know, leaders are drawn wow. to to Nehemiah. Yes, um, you know, I I was uh, about a year and a half ago. I was uh, I was a featured speaker at at a Nehemiah um, at a, at a leadership conference in Denver, Colorado, and um, and I talked about. You know Nehemiah and the leader, the type of leadership of Nehemiah, and and this was a a meeting that was full of two hundred senior management people or CEOs. I mean, you you had to be a person of influence in order to be in this meeting. Yes, and I talked about Nehemiah and. And, you know, there were Presbyterians and Baptists. And I mean, they were, they were, you know, high level, probably religious type folks, or at least had a, a Christian context to their life. And I sat down and the, there was a, a, a pastor who was making the transition to the next speaker. I was the first speaker. So, you know, I started speaking at nine and I finished about quarter of 10. And the pastor was sensitive to the spirit, walked up and he said, you know, he said, he said, I, is there anybody in here who would in this room who would like to he said, would you like to come forward and receive some of the things that Paul CUNY was speaking about? Hmm. And instantly, this is a meeting of CEOs. <laughs> Instantly, a hundred and fifty of them jumped up out of their seats, rushed down forward this was in a hotel, not a not a church rushed forward, dropped to their knees, stretched their hands up, some of them were weeping Wow, I mean it was just an amazing so this guy is uh you know i th- I think on our first podcast, I talked about the guy who uh, Uh, started a bible study for members of parliament in a former communist country yes uh well it's could you know it's an eastern european country um and and that to my knowledge that bible study is still going on and and this guy was a you know was i mean he's unique yeah but but the thing is god god does not give us these things as history lessons he gives us these things as templates for leadership yes and you know i it's not a it's not a history lesson it's not something it's not a religious duty to read the bible every day it doesn't affect our love of you know god's love for us uh it it's we gain from from uh, studying the word and I have gained, my life is much richer. I understand the processes mm. uh, of God as, as it relates to Nehemiah in my own life and, in, and I see it in the lives of others.
0: The the practical outworking of that.
1: The practical outworking of it. Yep. Exactly. Yes. For example, in, in uh, the seventh chapter of Nehemiah, when, when we think about Nehemiah, um, we think that he, we, we all know about his escapades at rebuilding the walls, but, but listen, to this, listen to this verse. Now, this, this was after the walls were built, and this is, this is the thing that God is awakening in his people, and in particular, those who have a, a calling to kingdom leadership. Um, this is, this is an example. This is in, um, Nehemiah seven, five, then my God put into my heart to assemble the nobles. This is after the wall is built. Yeah. He said, then God put into my heart. Now, what, what can we, what, how do we define that phrase? Well, this came to him by the spirit. Hmm. He says, then God put into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, the people to be enrolled by genealog- genealogies. Then I found the book of genealogy of those who came up first in which I found the following record. And then he goes on. So number one, he was first inspired by God. And for, for kingdom leaders to do the things that God wants, wants done. And that's what they're alive. That's why you're alive. That's why you're born. That's what you are born to do is, is to implement the will of God in our generation. Yes. Whether that means running for political office, whether that means starting a, a, a kingdom business, it means that you are an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're responsible to fulfill the assignment that He gives you. So mm. the first thing, the first thing that will happen is God will bring inspiration to to kingdom leaders. He will, there'll be something in the midst of this holy discontent. There'll be something stirring wow. in 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 your heart, knowing that you're that there is something coming and then God will give you this prophetic assignment, just like he did with Nehemiah. And, and it's always, we've, we talked about this. It's these assignments, they're always bigger than us. Yes. It's always, it's always pushes us out of our comfort zone. But, but then the second thing is, once once god gives he gives us this assignment in nehemiah's case the walls were rebuilt everybody knows about the walls being built in jerusalem but this is this small verse uh is oftentimes skipped over and and this is the second aspect of what nehemiah did is is uh the people because of the persecution had lost the sense of who they were they through the ways of God publicly and Nehemiah brings them all together. They had lost the sense of families, of tribes, uh, because of the 142 years of persecution. Uh, And he brought them together and enrolled them in genealogies. In other words, he said, okay, you are of the tribe of Judah. He discovered the, the work. But the key point here is, he says, then God put into my heart. So first came the inspiration And then the second part of that same verse, he says, then I found a book Mm. and it was the book of genealogies that talked about the tribes and, and what families were part of what tribe. And this is an identity for the Jewish people. And so Nehemiah type leaders, you, you could say that Nehemiah brought about a divine order and that is one of the things that, that men and women who are called to kingdom leadership, are, are that is one of the things that we do is we bring order to chaos. You, you, you'll have an anointing. Now, what's interesting is God inspired him to do this and he had a choice. He could have said, look, I rebuilt the wall. I did what you told me to do you know i'm going back to my nice comfortable gig in susa but it but he said okay i'm god put it into my heart and i'm going to obey the voice of god and then the next part of that verse is he says then i found a book mm-hmm. and so the inspiration will come and then the 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 capability and the tools that are required for you to bring Bring order, bring God's kind of divine order out of a chaotic situation, and that will happen when you when you start your own business. Uh, you'll be in your business if you do it by the inspiration of God. Things will follow, and I'm not saying that you won't be tested. I'm not saying things won't be challenging and difficult. It's part of the obedience. Of of the voice of God in situations like this, yeah, yeah. One day
0: I was talking to um, um, a a believer, a brother, and he he had started a business. Him and his wife, and I mean, they hit a few challenges and a couple of hurdles, and and uh, and he just said to me, he said, you know what? I for me, it's like. It's not working. Maybe then I shouldn't be doing this. I'm just going to go and preach, you know. And I said to him, I said, well, you better know that this is what God wants you to do. It's not just, you know, you can't just choose preaching as an alternative because you're finding it difficult. Because I'm telling you is that ministry is not, you know, ministry as in full-time preaching kind of situation is not easy (laughs) there there
1: are well it's not just that none of life is easy well exactly you know none of it is easy and and there are no defaults for us in the kingdom We, we obey and then we plow through the difficulties
0: that's it well, well, that's what Jesus said. If no one puts his hand to the in the kingdom, nobody puts their hand to the plow and looks back is worthy of it, you know. So yeah. we, we've got to be able to take the mission and just press through with it. It's like if you have hurdles, you have bumps in the road. I mean, there's always going to be bumps in the road. But that's what—that's why we walk by faith, isn't it? I mean, that's that's Absolutely. what takes the faith walk is to. I mean, even Nehemiah had those situations where people came against him, and and that's yeah. why the guys had to work and and carry a sword at the same time. Yep, they they tried to kill him. Yeah,
1: and and why? Here's a here's a. Here is a key point for a kingdom leader. It's a key point. It was a key point for Nehemiah, but it's a key point for all of us who desire to just walk in the fullness of what God has for us and and our leadership our leadership uh, position. Not first of all, authority is is handed to us. It's not something we contend for. Yes, we don't fight for it it's given to us yeah okay that's the first thing but the the um the point the point that you know i i think of uh i i was telling you but before the broadcast i was telling you about this um this woman uh she's probably in her 50s and i'm going to be very guarded about, about details. Sure. But this, this lady in a, um, God put it in her heart to, um, well, first of all, she, uh, she got married, uh, at 21, had a child, um, and her, her husband uh, turned out to be a bad guy. She was born in, in uh, the Middle East. Her husband turned, they they lived in the United States when this happened. Her husband turned out to be a really bad guy. And uh, they divorced. Uh, she got touched by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Had a, a real dramatic encounter with God. And and here's this single mom, and God spoke to her and said uh, that I have put a great calling on your life. Now she's 27 years old when this happens. She's now in her mid 50s, early 50s, mid 50s, and all of a sudden she 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 she, she finds herself. Um, Getting uh, mega million dollar contracts from the state department to do some things in the middle east um, so she i mean she builds a company she builds this amazing company um, and i'm I'm pausing because i'm trying to I'm trying to uh, filter. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to filter some of these things. But but anyway, and she does these amazing, just these amazing things. Uh, and and I mean, you talk to her, and and it's a testimony. She takes no glory in it. She's not she's not self satisfied, full of herself. This is a humble woman of God, and she is building this she her heart god told her that she is to this is this is what see we live in the last days and this is what last days leadership is about Mm. you know god is never going to ask you to do small things and so uh, she she has mapped strategically the persecuted church and she is setting up this gigantic uh, high-tech network of of. Uh, I'm being purposely vague. Yep,
0: please uh, yeah, Please do.
1: But uh, she's sending up this thing for for persecuted Christians. Yeah. And and I mean, this is not a. And and you know, we were having a conversation yesterday, and she said. She said, you know, there, there's nothing in the entire world like, like what I've got. And, wow. and she said, you know, I, well, here, here's the thing. I, I recounted a story to her. Um, in order to do what God intends for us, it, it, you know, we're talking about the kingdom of God. Uh, we're talking about the manifestation of the kingdom of God in government in business, and it isn't just you know I once was poor and now I'm rich. I, I don't even go to those kind of meetings. Sure. I don't have any of those kind of friends in my network of friendship. You know, if if you don't walk with a limp, then then I you know, I I walk with a limp, uh, you walk with a limp, and those are the kind of people. That that are that are in my network of friends. That's
0: exactly.
1: And you know the the. I, I shared something with her. Uh, she was she was talking about how, the the Christian world is full of these little silos, and and there is no. They all have a big vision, but they don't want to. They don't want to communicate. They don't want to network. They don't want to. You know, the churches, they don't want you to go to another church because if you do, somebody's stealing sheep. I mean, you that's your world, not my world. But, um, you know, they, they, they want to, uh, you know, they, they don't want to, they don't want anybody in the congregation to go to another man's church who may be having a kingdom minded meeting. Um, and it, it's just, uh, it's nonsense. But anyway, I was in West Africa. Uh, a number of years ago and she was telling me about her frustrations with some of this and um and i i was explaining to her that i don't know i think it was 2004 2005 i was in a west african country and i was meeting with what uh what would be in our government would be cabinet level leaders in the government um, and so we were driving around and this is one of the poorest nations. It's that this particular nation is the birthplace of voodoo and 17% of the population is evangelical Christians. The rest of them are, are, you know, Satan worshipers and uh, you know, the, and the like. Yeah. Uh, and so we're riding down the street and, and, and we were in a car with several people. There was a government appointed driver. And I noticed, I mean, the poverty was just remarkable. Um, It was was poverty like Haiti is poverty, if you've ever been to Haiti. And I noticed these beautiful, because I am a a general contractor and had a construction business, I noticed these beautiful structures with hand-laid tiles. And I said, "What are these things?" And he said, "These are mosques mm-hmm. uh, and in in the midst of this poverty and this devastation these are there's these mosques and i said uh, I said to the guy uh, who was in the car i said, "Well, hey, why <coughs> i said what what's going on?" And he said, This was profound <coughs> he said, Well." He said, you know, that there, was a, there was a debate among a prominent Islamic leader and a prominent Christian leader. And he said, the Islamic leader said this <clears throat> You know, there are many things, there are many similarities between Christianity and Islam. He said, You have a strategy to reach the world, and we have a strategy. To reach the world you have vast amounts of financial resources and we also have vast amounts of financial resources but we have one thing that you will never have we are unified in our efforts and you are not mm-hmm. and this woman is is uh she is a kingdom leader, and, and she talked about her journey. Um, and and the, it's the it, different, different situations, different contexts, different assignments, but the, there's a basic theme for, for all of us, I believe, uh, who are kingdom leaders. And first comes the prophetic assignment then comes this long, painful gap. You know, first of all, when God gives you the assignment, you know his voice, you know that he is doing something. And then it seems like there's minimal success or no success. And there's this long period of time that God makes us into the man or woman that, that he wants us to be who will fulfill the assignment that he gives us and then all of a sudden when god's timing and our character and the crisis meet then there's the fulfillment of the assignment and and the walls get rebuilt and and this wonderful thing that is so much bigger than us this it just explodes in in our lives and all of a sudden we end up exercising god's authority not our own authority and we have no doubt in our mind that he gives us that that it's him it's his glory it's his that 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 we desire you know his timing is always perfect but it's never it never corresponds with my timing
0: exactly uh, you know, I th- I, for, for me, what I've, what I've noticed and, and just from experience and, and insight is that, you know, leadership is not about um, trying to get people to follow us and trying to get everybody connected. Yes. and try. Absolutely. Leadership is just what you've been saying all along is that leadership is about God has gifted you to be a solution to an assignment that he brings to you. And he stirs up such a discontent that you just begin to say, I cannot take it. I have to solve this problem or I have to do, whether people come with me or not, that's not the issue. I think a lot of trying to get people to follow is basically ambition, not kingdom. You know, it's it's not assignment, it's ambition. And so, but when we pursue that, you know, we take our gift and we begin to, sow it and serve it into that assignment that God's laid on our heart. And and we begin to infuse ourselves into what God has called us to, that holy desire, that um, that godly kind of influence, inspiration. And that's what, what Nehemiah began to walk in, is that that influence begins to arise within us, creates a passion and a sense of, of of purpose that people want to be part of and that's yeah. when when you know the truth and that's what i see jesus, jesus never ever tried to negotiate anybody to come and follow him yep. he would he, he he just said follow me and kept on going there was no negotiation of conditions terms uh, yeah. you know uh, what the outcomes were uh, what the possibilities were i mean they had no idea what his assignment really was, but his assignment at that point in time was to pull the circle of people um, to a bigger purpose, and he just walked with the purpose, and people came, you know, and uh, and, I, and that's what you've been saying all along, and and, and boy, you know, I, I think we need to see that because sometimes the ambition of people tends to overrule and or overtake this our sense of of purpose and mission yeah
1: yeah yeah it you 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 know ultimately um, ultimately it it has to be I mean there there has to be a a this is an overworked phrase but it's truth there has to be this personal desire Yes. For the presence of God yes. in our lives, uh, if you're going to be a kingdom leader, and you know it, you, you know, I, I if you're going to be a kingdom leader, you there has to be a commitment to meet with the King. Yes, you you can't you can't just roll okay. on your own gifts and abilities. Yes, yeah. see that there there are there are. There are leaders who are gifted and able. They're, they're very gifted. They're na- they have natural giftings of leadership. And then you end up with a guy like Moses, who had no leadership training, no leadership, no known leadership ability. And, and God says, you know, you're the guy I've been looking for. And what is, how does the Bible describe this man's character? He is the meekest man on all the earth. Yes. Okay. Wow. So so where did he learn to lead? He learned to he had no training, no experience, because for 40 years he led his only leadership training was a herd of sheep. For his father-in-law, didn't even own his own business. And you look at the apostle Paul. Here's the Apostle Paul. You know, uh, uh, trained as a a Pharisee of Pharisee, a scholar in the law, Uh, you know, trained in the law of God from from his earliest days. And all of a sudden he has a religious experience. He goes on the backside of the desert for 14 years. He comes out. Nobody accepts him. Uh, The apostles uh, were suspicious of him. Um, he gets, he, he doesn't even own his own job. He, to the world, the man was an absolute failure, (laughs) you know, because all the, the prominent Pharisees are looking at this guy that they went to school with. And here he is working, making tents, didn't have his own tent making business, wasn't a wealthy tent maker. He's going from city to city, getting a job as a tent maker and he's working eight to five, and then from 5.15 till the middle of the night, he's preaching the gospel in homes. Yes. And he gets beat, he gets clubbed, he gets shipwrecked. He, people hate his guts, entire cities rise up. And to the world, to all of his colleagues, this man was an abject failure, but, but look what he did. And you know, and, and the reason he did it is because he didn't he didn't look for the applause of man. And the the thing about kingdom leaders that, that is so that is so often misunderstood is that they will always go against convention. They yes. always go against the status quo. It's, it's, it's part of who we are. The status quo will never be comfortable with you. Wow. It'll never happen. Because why is that? Because God's purposes, they're not about us. They're not about our alignments. They're not about a- a- advancing and, and getting us to a position of prominence. They're not about any of those things. They're not so that people can clap their hands and say, what a great message. How wonderful you are. You know, these, oh, I just, the things that you're doing are so, it's not about any of that. It's about the people that we affect. Hmm. It's because God is about people and he wants his kingdom leaders to have the heart of other people just like he does, our job is to is to extend the love of God and the heart of God to the people that we affect yeah. it's not about it's not about getting a bigger car or having a bigger business or more money or a greater position in the company or more prominent role in the church it's not about any of that it's about the people that we affect because God's, he, he loves people and those leaders that are going to be his kind of leaders have got to have his heart. They have to love people the way God loves people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's powerful. That is so, so powerful. Paul, if you could, I mean, just to end off our series here is that if you, if, if you could sit in front of uh, the next generation of leaders, and I'm not just necessarily talking about young, the, ne- the youngsters, but but whoever's in in the wings, sort of in preparation, you know, finding that assignment, discovering discovering the the capacity of God within them, experiencing that holy that holy stirring discontent within them. What would you say to that person right now? What would you want to say to them right now?
1: Um I would say <clears throat> have no ambition in your life except to know God and to know his ways. Have have no selfish ambition in your life. It it will selfish ambition means you're promoting yourself, your you're, you're going to others and you're're you're, you're ambitious for for a greater position and and you're willing to do anything to get that position you're willing to present yourself in a way that you're not mm. and have no selfish ambition and the bible tells us this and and follow you know have have your one ambition in life be to know god have and and to follow after his ways, and don't chase, don't chase um, promotion. Let let promotion come to you. Amen. Let God promote you. That's powerful. Don't don't chase. Don't don't leave the place that we talked about this before. But Romans eight fourteen says, "Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, yeah. and the daughters of God." Yes. Don't, don't allow the enemy to tantalize you with a higher paying job if God has put you someplace you stay until God says okay, it's time to move yeah. that's what you do a friend of mine says when the Shekinah moves, I move yeah. the Shekinah meaning the glory of God yeah. when, when God says it's time to move and when you do that, your life will, you will accomplish amazing things in your life.
0: Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Paul, would you pray for the listeners right now? I mean, this has been such a tremendous, insightful series. And, uh, and today was awesome. Uh, just really, really so valuable. Um, I'd love you just to pray for, for the... Um, for the listeners if you, if you would like. I would love to.
1: Well, Father, we thank you for the, the men and women, the young men and women, and the older men and women who are listening to this. And Lord, I ask for an infusion of your grace, and I declare over these listeners over you listener i declare over you that there will be an infusion of grace into your life that there will be an infusion of the vision of god into your life the an infusion of the purpose of god into your life mm-hmm. that that you will not just be one who has an academic understanding of leadership but you will be one who carries the anointing of God to leave? because the anointing of God is what destroys the yokes and breaks the yokes of bondage off the people. And, and you be a Joel II generation, those who, who follow after the spirit of God, who, who walk in the wisdom and the insight of God, And we thank you for this, Lord. I thank you that you will do this because Sean and I pray this. Amen. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you that our words are not idle, empty words, but that your anointing will rest upon them right now in Jesus' Jesus' name. Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Awesome stuff. Well, I'm so glad. um, Paul, that you have been with us and you've given up time for the past four weeks to share with us. And thank you, listeners, for for um, being part of this uh, series as well. Uh, we appreciate you um, making that commitment to grow, to learn, to, to gain the insights. You know, the, the thing over the years that i found is that as I listen and I listen again and I listen again, there's something new that gets deposited into my spirit and imparted to me you know because what paul is talking about is not information this is impartation and and that takes you know you know just really submitting your heart to listen listen again go to the word read it you know, for yourself, and and pray it through, and ask the Spirit of God to just weld it. You know, just infuse it into your spirit, so it becomes part of you, and uh, and that's what what sort of takes you to the next level, takes you to into your season of leadership. People, you know, there's a generation, there's a nation, there's a culture, there's a society that's waiting for your leadership right now for your assignment, for your, for your gifting to, to be manifest at a time like this. And so, you, it's not just you you can carry on I, I love what Paul said in the in the beginning is that you know you cannot just keep doing what you've always done and 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 hope to get different results I mean he said it differently but but that's basically the, the 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 idea you cannot be settled for status quo because God is stirring you up, making you dissatisfied you don't want to just be a nice Christian you want to be a kingdom leader you need to be a kingdom leader the world needs you to be a kingdom leader at such a time as this. And if you're listening to this broadcast right now, um, our prayer for you is that truly you would walk in that that holy, holy um, God-anointed infusion of, of uh, God's capacity into your life to fulfill the task that He's called you to. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. Paul, thank you again tremendously. I hope it's not the last time we hear from you, and uh, we look forward to having you um, on the air with us again soon. It'd be a privilege. Awesome stuff. Brother, thank you very much, and uh, I I do appreciate um, your time and your effort. Um, Just to the listeners, hey, don't forget Paul's book, The Nehemiah People, or Nehemiah, it's not the Nehemiah, it's Nehemiah People, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so The Nehemiah People is available on Amazon.com, as a hard copy and as a Kindle book, you can download it. I suggest you do. I suggest you get the book and uh, spend some time in it, and and really, uh, uh, you know, allow those principles to get deep inside of you. Listen to these these um, um, episodes again, and and uh, just with Paul guiding you with some of the thinking there. So please dash over to um, Amazon.com, get Paul Cooney. Uh, That's C-U-N-Y, the book on Nehemiah people. Uh, It's available right now, and uh, you can download your copy and start reading tonight. (laughs) <laughs> Why wait, wait? Do it tonight. All right. So, thank you for everything. Uh, we are on our way out, and uh, I do appreciate uh, the time that we've spent together. Paul, again, thank you very much. Love to that side of the family, and, and uh, we'll talk to you soon again. Thank you. Blessings. Bye. God bless you.